tackling imposter syndrome is a little bit of like that trust, going all in, committing to it, knowing that you're going to find your way and just giving yourself grace. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely Podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur. After spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown, and losing all confidence in myself, I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely Podcast. Welcome, Shannon, to the show. I'm so thrilled to have you here. If you could just give everybody a little intro on who you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Shannon Lorenz of Bespoke Market. I have been producing events for, gosh, I think 17 years now, so a really long time, and I just love markets, so uh, that's how we've connected, and uh, I have an upcoming market coming this April, so working on that, and I just love being surrounded by creative entrepreneurs. I love that. And I, when I think of you, I always think of community. That's just the first thing that comes to mind and the events when you're at them, that's very much the feel and the vibe of them. And it goes from you, but also every single person that is hired as staff there, every single person that's helping out, every single vendor, it's just like a very collective feeling of community. Um, And I know that's a huge drive for you. I would love to know why has that always been sort of your, your driving force or was that new for you? Yeah, I came across, I didn't even know what a community builder was. I think I heard it first through the pandemic. I'm like, that's me. (laughs) And how I accidentally fell into building communities without knowing it is I was at a very large scale event for a global company. And I was sitting down with some executives. I didn't even know how VIP they were. And I got up from the table and my manager at the time came up to me and said, what's going on? Is everything okay? She was in a bit of a panic. And to my surprise, I was like, I'm just talking to them and asking them how they're enjoying everything. I'm very observational. I think it came from challenges with school. So I became very observational and visual and just reading people and built strategy that way. And I just always wanted to know what people really loved about an event because then I like to take all of my information after the event and put together these debriefs that over time become feedback from your direct community. And then you're starting to build and design in my world events events for your community. So when you can really get in that space of giving your community what you want, your business will feel it and you'll see it in your business. You'll see the results. 
That's amazing. Were you, have you always been that intuitive with markets or is that like, that's, it's that story to me sounds like it was a natural thing for you to do, but did you always have that sort of intuition? Uh, yes, I'm very intuitive for sure. Uh, I always, since little girl, and I even think, you know, back, back to a young girl, it was being very convincing to of friends, like seeing like, oh, these are some ideas and having this imagination. I could always gather people. I mean, back then I could throw a really good house party and I didn't have like cell phones or social media, but I found a way to get everyone to my house. So I also had just this really natural way of gathering people in one place. I love that. I love that. And yeah, I mean, as I said, you can very much feel that when you're at one of your events, it just feels more, it just feels really welcoming. And, and, um, you know, I do a lot of events. I'm participate in a ton with my jewelry business and, you know, everyone feels different. Every single, um, organizer does things differently and who they kind of roster to be part of it. It, it has a different feel, um, and I just always have felt very supported um, when I'm at Bespoke and it just feels like, um, yeah, you you feel really taken care of. And as a vendor, that's huge because oftentimes, you know, you pay for it and then it's just kind of crickets afterwards and you don't know, <laughs> you know, um, or there's no follow up or you can't get answers to questions or whatever. Um, and yeah, I just feel like you've done such a, a phenomenal job of doing that. And I can't imagine that's an easy thing to do. Um, I would like to hear just cause I've never actually asked you this. I don't think, but um, just during the pandemic, how did you switch gears? Just, you know, going from your whole business and, and brand is connecting one-on-one -on -one in person at events. So how did you handle the shift of having to go online and continue to build community when you can't be face-to-face -face anymore? That was tough. Not going to lie. Uh, I definitely went through a grieving period, especially like, you know, events was stage four. Never, We didn't know when they were going to come back. And I've always been in person. I know people were doing Zoom before the pandemic, but it wasn't my experience. My experience has always been very community-related events and being in person for those. So through that grieving process, there were a few things that I ended up doing. One was I threw myself in a mastermind being way over my head. And it was a lot of online entrepreneurs who have been doing this for a really long time. I felt like they were talking another language, but I went in. Good for and, you. Uh, yeah, it was it was very intimidating. I was like, what are they talking about? Like Kajabi, what does that mean? Like I had no idea. And and just, you know, funnels, what is that? What which later through this experience, I'm like, an event is a funnel. I've never looked at it that way, but an event is a beautiful funnel and so effective because it's just such a great way to build trust and credibility. And so for me and my brain, I was like, oh, how do you build a relationship through a funnel? That just seems hard to do. Whereas like events has that like in person, and then you can bring that person on the journey with you. So a lot of learning through that. And then, you know, trusting a bit of the unknown. And somebody had said to me, 
there's this business for sale and it's called the locals board. And the locals board is like a poster that brings together how I see it in my head anyways, brought together a bunch of advertisers in an affordable way to advertise on this poster. So instead of going to the coffee shop with your business cards, you have somebody that's managing this poster, putting your graphic on there and they distribute it. So I ended up purchasing that because I just looked at it with the lens of, oh, this is like the board is an event and the advertisers are vendors. I can do this. And so I still own the locals board uh, and uh, it's been beautiful. I'm not quite sure what the future of that looks like quite yet as we're transitioning back to in-person events and my plate is quite full. Uh, But it was something that really helped serve me through the pandemic and also learn about advertising. (laughs) Totally. There's something you said in there that really hit me because you were saying how you were in this group that was intimidating and you were hearing all these terms and you didn't know what they were. And then you realized later that you had actually been applying those terms, but you just didn't have the terminology. And I really hope people hear that because I have definitely been in rooms. I feel the same. Like, I don't know what the hell people are talking about, or there's an acronym that I have to Google immediately after. And it's really easy to discredit ourselves or feel like we don't know something where we're not far enough ahead because we maybe can't go along with the language being used. But this is what I love about sharing stories like this is that oftentimes you're doing it already. You're already, and like, maybe you don't have the term yet, but you're already doing it. You already had the foundation. Um, And again, those intuitive skills that you had, like you were able to build without maybe having the right wording for it yet. Um, So just good for you to go in anyways and like mastermind I've never done a mastermind but I feel like that would be a very intimidating um experience very educational but very intimidating um but yeah good for you to just be able to recognize what you know after the fact as well because I think it's easy to just yeah just discredit how far we've come or maybe something that we already know or something that comes naturally to us that we didn't realize um those are my favorite things when you figure <laughs> something out that you didn't realize you never really considered it a skill because it was just something you did all the time. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a beautiful piece of the puzzle. I'm, I'm glad you had that experience. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I definitely would say I invested in myself in a time, which interestingly enough, I didn't have the income supporting it, but I had the time. And so I really took the time. I was like in, you know, a couple groups at once. I just kept doing them. Like yesterday, my husband was like, are you still doing these? I'm like, I'm taking a break. I feel like I have so many tools now and, you know, things are, you know, that's just on the back burner. And now here I'm going in this direction, but I highly recommend to anybody listening to this a mastermind group or a coach or a mentor, whatever works for you. It's really nice to have someone in your corner. Yes. Yes. I, I 1000% aggressively agree with that. (laughs) It's so important. Um, What's some of the best advice you've gotten? I was thinking about this when I first started business uh, and talking about masterminds, I actually didn't have the funds. I was a very scrappy entrepreneur when I started my journey. Uh, So I went into uh, FWE and they have a really awesome mentorship program there and it's super affordable. So if anyone's in the starting stages of their business, I highly recommend 
And my mentor said to me, always be ready for the party. And this was in 2011. So we were in a recession then, and we are in a recession now. And so it's something that always stuck with me because I was like, always be ready for the party. So if we have some downtime, what am I doing to get ready for the party? And maybe that's the event planner in me. Uh, But now it's like, you know, just thinking about market. So if you are going to a market and you are expecting that maybe I may have lower sales because I'm reading the news a lot, it's a little bit scary. What am I doing to get ready for the party while I am here? Am I collecting emails for my newsletter? So as I said before, taking that like event as a funnel and bringing them with you Mm -hmm. after the event. Am I connecting with X amount of vendors? Am I doing market research? So going back to that story I was telling you about when I was sitting down with the executives asking what they wanted to have at the event, what they enjoyed about the event, use this opportunity for market research of a new product or, you know, something you currently have that you can do, or what are your best sellers? And you can focus on that. So there are so many things that you can do to get ready for the party. And I'm continually always thinking about that when things are difficult. And sometimes you need to be the first person to the party. Like when the pandemic was over and, you know, events came back, I was like, am I going to be one of the first markets to be at the party? And it was a really hard decision to make financially and, you know, scary with all the regulations. But to me, it was important to to be one of those people. That's very good advice. And it, it kind of shifts your mindset, too, is that you start looking for opportunities. I think if you're always in that mindset and you're always having something kind of on the horizon that you're working towards, um, that's beautiful. Have you ever had bad advice that has stuck with you that has changed? Because I I think about this a lot because I've had some good advice, but I feel like the best advice I've gotten is usually the bad advice just because you figure out how to do things opposite or it's some fuel if somebody tells you you couldn't do something, then you want to prove them wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I love that you just said that because I think if anything, it wasn't necessarily bad advice. It was maybe energy I could feel about somebody questioning what I'm doing. I'm not from an entrepreneurial family. I think my family thought we were kind of crazy when we started. We we started uh, our business 18 years ago. I have another business called Lawrence Developments. And it was started through a work tragedy that Jason, that happened on Jason's site when he was a heli logger. And we decided that was his last day of heli logging. We just bought our house. We only had our house for one month. And even before we bought the house, it went on fire during like the, the, the finishing of the signed paper. So it was a lot. And I was only 24. So I was very young uh, going through all of this and we had no money. We were highly leveraged at this time in Squamish. Like we actually had a for rent sign in our window. It it makes me laugh because I found it the other day, but it was really hard to rent out your home. So we had to get really scrappy. And I learned what sweat equity meant really quickly, but yeah, we definitely went for it. And it was, you know, at the time it could seem very risky, but it's like we were working towards this dream. And yeah, I think it was just really hard for our parents or for my parents, I should say, just not experiencing that before, not really having the advice to know what to give us. 
Cause like when the fire happened, they were like, mm, I don't know if you should be getting this. And we work through that together. So I started to keep things to myself and not always telling people what I was doing, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing. And I've learned that over time, but that's how I just avoided hearing people's opinions. Yeah. I, I really like that you said that because that's, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure which side I'm on with the, you know, some people will say you should tell everybody what you're doing and everybody, your, your dreams, you know, and, and get it out there as much as you can. And then other people say, you know, keep your cards close to your chest. And I think it really comes down to personality for me. I'm very similar to you in that I told people and then regretted, (laughs) regretted telling them in a sense that, yeah, they just didn't get it or, you know, when you express a dream that you're going to pursue, it's terrifying for other people sometimes to hear it and they they just want to protect you or they can't understand it. Or I think sometimes too, it kind of sparks an insecurity they might have if it reminds them, <clears throat> excuse me, of a dream that they never went for. So I've learned to just be selective, very selective on who I share it with. Cause I do think it is really important to share because it kind of, it keeps you accountable, right? And it makes you, um, and you do find your cheerleaders in doing it. So like, I know you're someone in in the industry, like if I have something that I'm excited about that I'm working on, I would love to tell you, because I know you'd be cheering me on, right? And it's, and same vice versa. So I think it's finding the right people to tell. Um, But you gotta, I think you just sort of learn the hard way in that. I, I know I did personally, I just, yeah, shared too much too soon with the, with the wrong people. Um, yeah. But then you, you learn, you know, who's in your, who's in your court and, and um, who's actually cheering for you, but um, yeah, good for you to, to feel the doubt and do it anyways. Cause that's very, very hard, especially when it's friends or family, people that are close to you. It's, it's really hard to not take those opinions to heart. Um, but yeah, again, it goes back, I think to your intuitive way of looking at business and approaching things like you just know it's just when it's in you you just know yeah a hundred percent and like they are so proud of us now like seeing how far we've come and what we're doing but again it's just different personalities so you just never know and so I love how you said you know find your cheerleaders and the people that you can open up to because yes you need people to keep you accountable a hundred percent you need to say it out loud and you need somebody like cheering you on in, in your corner and you find who those people are. I love to do a lot of one-on-ones and, you know, just hiking with my friends and there are certain friends that we just open up and talk about everything. And it's been really great, especially over, you know, these pandemic years of, I just felt like my head was going everywhere. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And they always listened and supported when I made the decision of what I was going to do next. I love that. Yeah. We got to have that, that group that keeps us on track and, and um, yeah, is there just to let us share all the ups and downs. Cause that's really um, what it comes down to. I think, have you, something I talk about a lot is imposter syndrome. I'm curious if this is something that you feel often or um, has it ever held you back if you do and how do you manage it? I'm still working hard on this one. So I'm looking for as much advice as I can get. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I do know 
there is so much power in when you believe in yourself to do something, but you're not going to get there without doing the deep work. So I think there is, you know, the tools in your toolkit that you come up with to walk you through the imposter syndrome, the inner critic, like that voice, that, that silent whisper that pops up every now and then, uh, somebody told me to actually name that voice, which I've found really helpful. Uh, so you can have that voice and, you know, be like, Beth, thank you. Thank you for like trying to protect me, but I'm okay. I got this right. So that's just one thing I started to do when, uh, when I was really heavily into it. I also think of it like, I don't know if you've cold dipped or, you know, you've done that, but uh, I love going off a dock because you just jump off and you're committed and you have to trust that you're just going to come back up. No matter how cold it is, you're going to come up, you're going to surface and you're going to get out of there. So, you know, tackling imposter syndrome is a little bit of like that trust going all in committing to it knowing that you're going to find your way and just giving yourself grace uh, for how courageous you are. Like you're in the arena. I think Brene Brown says that when she talks about like being in the arena, don't worry about what the fans and the stands have to say because they're not in there with you. This show is sponsored by our very own company, Leah Yard Designs. Leah Yard Designs is a jewelry brand in Vancouver, Canada that specializes in unique, semi-precious pieces. The designs are meant to be mixed and matched to celebrate the wearer. We love fashion juxtapositions, which is why you will usually find me in ripped jeans and a ton of gold jewelry. Our goal is to add glamour to every day. Our most popular design is our Zodiac necklace, which was created to celebrate what makes you uniquely you. 5% of all profits in the jewelry collection are donated to the DEWC, a local charity that helps vulnerable women in Vancouver's downtown east side. You can learn more and shop the full collection at www.leayarddesigns.com. There have been times in my life where I will think of that quote, this who's in the arena with me, because that mm-hmm. often when you hear doubters say something, it's like you ha- really have to question where that's coming from. And so it's yeah, if they're in the arena, I'll listen to what they have to say. But if they're not, then no, <laughs> it doesn't count. But I love that that idea of just pushing through and jumping. And I think taking action is the for me personally has been the hardest part in business. I can dream all day, every day and come up with great plans, but the actual taking action part is so hard. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think a lot of people feel that. And I think that that's where the imposter syndrome can kind of get in the way too. Cause if you're spending all your time dreaming, but not actually working towards it, then you don't really have that you're not really building credibility with yourself. So it's easier to start believing those doubts that you're popping in, you know, um, that's just really good advice. I think just to always take action. And I try to remember too, that like nobody actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like nobody really knows, like everybody is figuring it out. Some people are better at faking it. Some people are more experienced, but they're already moved on to the next stage that they don't know what to do in that stage. Um, So I try to remind myself of that because imposter syndrome for me is obviously triggered the most when I'm on social media. It's so easy to look at that and just, you know, feel like you're miles behind everybody on there. Um, 
yeah. So I, I appreciate you, you saying that just, yeah, taking jump off the dock yeah, just <laughs> just, go for it. and an action will bring you more clarity and it will bring you more confidence. And that confidence is just going to keep bringing you there, but no matter what, it, that's what it comes up when you're doing something new. And of course you're going to feel, it's only natural to feel nervous when you're doing something new, but once you do it, think of all those times now that were so hard that now seem easy to you. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I really believe, you know, having nerves and those uncomfortable feelings, that's a good thing because it means that it matters. You know, it, you want to have stakes in the game. Like you want to have that. It should matter. It should be scary. Like every time I do anything, like I, I, we're recording the show, like I get nervous before recording every episode. I get nervous before I do any Instagram videos or before I send a pitch or, or anything, I get nervous before all of that. But I, I'm learning now that, yeah, you do have to just do it <laughs> instead of just talking about it. And um, yeah, it, it is a, the confidence builder, which I'm glad you said that because that word, I think people think it's something you're born with. And I really don't believe that's the case. I think it's a skill that you, that you learn. Yeah, the more you see yourself doing something and seeing results is the more you, you'll gain your confidence, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, what are some of the goals that you have for Bespoke, if you can share? Yes, I can definitely <laughs> share. <laughs> uh, so a couple things. I, you know, there's a, the pre-pandemic Shannon who like ran from a very masculine energy who was like, I'm ready. Here's all my things. So in saying this and sharing my goals, I'm definitely one of my goals is just embracing that feminine energy, reminding myself to tap into that feminine energy, stay with one step at a time. I've been very one step at a time um, over these last few years because anything above and beyond that was too overwhelming for me. So I'm still staying there in that place, slowly like unraveling things, but I do know I'm going to be adding more markets and a big dream of mine is to have an educational program for creative entrepreneurs. So starting to, yeah, do my market research, uh, connecting more with makers and designers, creators to see what they're looking for. Uh, I do like one-on-one -on -one sometimes and I'm starting to do zoom calls and I'm just like compiling all of my information so I can put together a really amazing program when I'm ready to launch it. That's fabulous. Do you have a, a goal date, a launch date in mind or is no, this in the, yeah, I just maybe fall or maybe next year. I'm just sticking to that for now as uh, I'm just getting used to having markets back in my life. Uh, but I am working on hopefully fingers crossed, I'm doing some site inspections in Vancouver to do a Vancouver holiday show. So once I get the markets up and running and, you know, get that to a more profitable place, this is also part of the like new Shannon <laughs> is not putting too much ahead of me. Like I need to do this. I want to perfect and elevate the entire experience. And I know I do a really good job, but just <laughs> from like not being hard on myself, it's just how can I make this engine fine? Like, how can I fine tune it more? And as I keep focusing on that, I keep coming up with ideas because I really truly believe too in like energy. You know, you want to make sure that what you're cur currently doing 
you're making it more efficient for yourself. So that's like my first goal is just, you know, making the markets really efficient and then adding the program in when it feels right. So right now I'm just doing all my market research. So I'll have a lot of ideas and, you know, definitely know what people are looking for and feel really good when it is time to launch it to the world. Amazing. That's exciting. Congratulations. I'm very, I can't wait to see it and and watch you um, grow that. I know you do a lot of educational work on Instagram, which I love. I'm always watching your videos. I just, I love when people know how to provide value in a really authentic way on Instagram and you're so consistent. I don't know how you, how you do it. I find that so hard to be consistent, but you're so good at just staying, you know, you're always there providing value for the people that are showing up and, and trying to get it from you. And you're very good at explaining it and communicating it in a way that's, um, just easy to follow along. Cause that's the other thing is it's once you have experience, it's hard to know how to relay that experience in a way that somebody who isn't at that level yet is going to understand it. So I love that you are so good at doing that. Um, and yeah, the consistency thing, I, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> You're so good. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I, I later is great. I do like, I love writing days. I love to write. So that's something I really embrace uh, during the pandemic as I just take a notebook and write. And so I'll do a lot of that. And then I love short reels because I find it pushes you to get that information super tight. And then it makes it also easy for the person to follow. And most people have a minute to be like, oh, okay, I have a minute to to listen to this. So that's what I really liked with the reels is it's been a good challenge to be like, how can I talk about community in one minute? <laughs> totally. I know I feel similar. It's like, you know, our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. So you really have to get to the point quick. And I do a lot of, um, and so, and like, and, you know, I'm trying to be very, um, conscious about that. It's really hard, but until you watch yourself on video afterwards and you see all these filler words that you didn't realize you were saying, um, it's something I'm working on, but yeah, it's, it's very, again, that's that action thing, doing it, you will learn quickly uh, and you'll lose the audience, right? If you can't keep people on for 30 seconds or something, then, you know, you learn quickly to, um, to tighten it up. But yeah. What are some, um, challenges that, that were maybe unexpected that you faced over the last, I mean, we talked about the pandemic, of course. Um, and is there any others? I just, I really like to demystify what it means to be successful. Cause again, we see every single version of perfection online. Um, but hearing it from somebody that has built an incredible presence, I'd really love to hear if there's something you can share that was tried to knock you off course and maybe did or didn't. <laughs> I think you could have a whole podcast episode of that. <laughs> I have a lot of stories. Uh, so to simplify, I would probably say one of the biggest, I mean, currently right now for me is with our other business, Lauren's Developments. Celebrating 18 years, I just really went in this like reflection mode about everything. And I just want to share with people, it really didn't make sense until year 15, where I was like, you know, we were profitable, living a nice life. Like it, it was great, but 
all the work and that, like it becoming an investment vehicle was like year 15. And so I just, I just want to say that so that anybody listening to this, that you're, you know, year two, three, even year 10, uh, is this supposed to be different? You don't know when it's going to change. Nobody is going to say, Shannon, do this for 15 years. And then you're going to be like, this is going to be your investment vehicle. Nobody says that. So, you know, you could stop on year 15 and not know what year 16 was about to bring you. So just being patient with the process. And I think we lose that a lot. And as you were saying earlier with Instagram and all of the messages, it can be really hard to get lost in that. I've been producing markets for 11 years and I've been so inspired by our other business. And it's actually given me this like new life in being being more receptive, as I was saying, like, how how does this look? How am I just you know, instead of thinking naturally, I need to do more to, to make this investment better. It's like, how do I make what I am currently doing better before I do more? And then I stretch myself and I get burnt out. So don't always think the answer is more either because it, it it's not. Yeah, that's, that's very wise. And I think yeah, that you just have to hang in there, which I know sounds so um, unhelpful when you're in the moment and when you're, you know, yeah, in maybe year two. And I mean, there are unicorn businesses out there and there are, you know, people that they get great success right out yeah. the gate. Um, and, and that's amazing. Uh, I think also there is something to be said for slow growth. Personally, I'm glad that, I mean, this is my 10th year in business and yeah, I had no idea it would take 10 10 years, you know, like I had no idea what I was kind of signing up for, but you just don't know what's coming. And I think of opportunities that I wanted a few years ago that when I look back now, I actually wasn't ready for it. And if I had gotten that exposure or contact or whatever, it may have actually worked against me because I wouldn't have had the experience to handle it properly. And it might've ruined an opportunity later on or whatever. Like I think about, um, obviously I'm, I'm in jewelry. So I think about wholesale. So there's certain wholesale accounts that I would love to get. And when I first started, I thought, Oh, I'm going to be in, you know, this particular store. And I'm so glad that I didn't have the connection at that time because the product wasn't good enough. The catalog wasn't good enough. My, my communication skills weren't good enough. My negotiating skills weren't good enough. And so had that opportunity come, maybe it would have worked out, but I feel like it likely wouldn't have. And then maybe you do get another shot later on, but sometimes a first impression will last, right? So mm -hmm. I think too, just knowing that sometimes slow growth is good. It, it's, it's sometimes best. And obviously 10 years later, I can look back and say that. It's a lot harder to think that in the moment. Um, but I, I really think it ties in with your point of just that you never know what's coming and you just have to build that credibility with your with your business and with yourself because if you're not ready for it you might just end up you know having something kind of slip through your fingers um I'm curious your thoughts on that I'm not sure if that's um just me and how my brain 
works. <laughs> yeah. I think you definitely have to trust what's happening for you is happening for a reason. A hundred percent. I believe that. Uh, and as you said, with slow growth too, like it's, everybody starts at a different start line, you know, where we started, we had zero money and, you know, we leveraged ourselves in, in different ways. You can always get a partner. You can always get funding. So, you know, whatever that journey looks like for you is what feels good for you. We really like for us, we were like, we're creating a legacy for our kids and we wanted to like, just push through. And so however you choose to grow your business, just tap into your intuition and really ask yourself, is this the way I want to do it? Or is this the way I want to do it? And then you just have to let go. That's the hard part. You made the rest decision (laughs) and let the universe do its thing. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on that too, about, you know, when you look at, everybody's got different starting points. And when you look at other people in your industry, your field, it's easy to compare because, and that's normal and natural and helpful even to kind of gauge where you're at, but everybody's journey is going to be different. And there's so many things that we don't know that are going on behind the scenes. And you you just have no idea. You get a very small snippet of what process that one person took and it was the right thing for them and all the stars aligned for them at that time. But you can try and replicate the exact same journey. And it's just, it's just going to be different. It's just gonna be different. And I think forcing yourself to go down a certain path too, and do things in a way that isn't aligned with who you are. I mean, that's just not sustainable. I don't think. Yeah. And then like a really good example of the start line is I did refresh for 10 years and then I started bespoke. Now I'm telling you the first market I did was nothing like the first bespoke market. Yes. And so I started at a different start line. I started with a reputation with vendors. Vendors knew me. They trusted me. I had that credibility. So I had all of these things. And this also goes to, again, another topic you could you could talk about forever. Because for me, I've had this, like where my block was starting over. Oh my gosh, starting over, starting a new Instagram page and, you know, going out on my own and a new brand name and people, even, you know, my mom who's 75 years old, was like, Whoa, you're going to, you're going to let go of all those things and start all over, but you never really start over. You start at your starting line and what that looks like for you. And you take all of your experiences and you go with it. And I was able to start there because of that, but I would never, you know, share that this was how my first market of bespoke happened, pretending I just did it for the first time. And wow, look at how I attracted all these vendors and I did all this marketing and, and knew how to produce something at that scale. That's beautiful. I, I thank you for sharing that. I think that's, um, you know, there are people out there that do twist it around, you know, and make it seem as if, this is, you know, right out the gate, they're just crushing it and having no experience, you know, but they actually have quite a bit of either backing or or experience. Um, I'm so glad you said that about starting over because I, I felt that so many times in my journey. And it is scary to think that you're, you know, you start some new or just letting go of something that, you know, maybe wasn't working anymore. Um, That's such a, 
a powerful mindset shift and just knowing again, just knowing that you're on the right track and it has to feel aligned with what you're doing. And, um, I'm really glad you, you did. Cause I mean, it's just incredible what you've built in a short amount of time from, from the, the restart, um, line, <laughs> You know, <laughs> I really stepped on the gas pedal and, you know, going back to community, uh, I have a couple girls who have just been my pillars and I just called one of them and I was like, you're like, if you say yes, I will say yes, but I am not stepping on the gas <laughs> unless you're with me. She was like, it. okay, I'm with I you. I love that. I love that. Another cheerleader. I love it. I love it. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you for creating creating community. Thank you for creating a space that people can show up authentically and can connect with you authentically and for being honest about your journey. Where can everybody find you if they want to connect further and reach out with questions and get on your wait list for your one-on-one yeah. coaching? And <laughs> <laughs> um, bespokemarket.ca. And on Instagram, it's the bespoke dot market. Amazing. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for chatting and um, yeah, just sharing all of these nuggets of wisdom. I know that you've inspired somebody today and um, we all feel that you're rooting for us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can, judge less, less often, and never, ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.